Firstly, this episode of the Accidental Bully Show is brought to you by my unsurmountable desire to be heard. No sponsors, so it's brought to you by me. Let's get into it. No silly intro, just a little bit of time watching me. Sunny, rainy WA does it again. COVID restrictions, we eased them. How weird is it that worldwide cocoa is running rampant? Uh, the cocoa, the COVID is running rampant. And in WA, we feel pretty well normal. Uh, it doesn't feel like anything weird's going on in WA, to be honest. Uh, can't go to the footy yet, but that's going to change. Pretty good. Um, about to open fully. Uh, about to be able to have half capacity to Stadium. Mark the main man, McGowan, crushing it. I don't even know if that guy's going to have to campaign next election. I think he's just going to walk it in. Why would you even bother contesting it? Because honestly, next election, he's going to flog it. And I can already hear my mouth. And every podcast starts with me talking a bit, sipping up. And I don't know why, because it gets better as it goes on, as I talk a little bit more. But at the start, it always sounds really bad. Uh, but Mark, the main man, McGowan, he's crushing it. Uh, I liked his comments today about um, we should we should rally together and march against anyone who stops people with mullets getting into bars. Uh, but then I found out a bit later that the guy who wasn't allowed into the bar might not have been so truthful about the situation. Apparently, he was really drunk, his shirt was ripped, and he only had one shoe on, as well as having a mullet. The mullet alone was not why he wasn't allowed in. Wasn't just the mullet. Ripped shirt, no shoe, drunk as fuck. Not allowed in. And yeah, those add those things together and add a mullet in the mix. <sighs> Dangerous individual. I was thinking I was thinking about this this topic that I saw in the news. Um and it, and it reminded me of something. It was this this um this, this archbishop who bought the $6.5 million luxury condo that's been blowing up all over the news. So it was, um, it's actually got views of the opera house. And um, it's funny that the guy, the guy took, a, took a vow of poverty. I don't know much, but I assume a vow of poverty means no $6.5 million mansions. And it just reminded me of this video that I saw oh, also in the news. But now that the transaction has been made public, an unholy row has broken up, broken out within the tight-knit Greek Orthodox community. Wow. Can't imagine Greeks ever argue. Mm, maximum volume. Um, but it reminded me of this video. And this video just just cracks me up because it's one of the scariest things I've ever seen. And it's uh, the preacher, Kenneth Copeland, um, and it's just a, a, an interviewer charged up to him. I, th- I believe he was about to get into his car to go and get on his plane or something. She charged up to him, just asked him about his lifestyle. And there's the devil in him, clearly. And I'm just going to play you a couple of things. I'm going to play the start of the video so you see him talking all nicely. And then I'll show you when you see the devil in him. Fly commercial. You said that it's like getting into a tube with a bunch of demons. Why do you think well, that? No, no, listen to me just singing. Not the people. The main reason is because of the need. If, if I flew commercial, I'd have to stop 65% of what I'm doing. That's really the main. Isn't it true that you want to fly commercial so that you can fly in luxury? How much money did you pay for Tyler Perry's Gulfstream jet, for example? Well, for example, that's really none of your business. Well, for example, Dr. Phil. 
But isn't it the business of your donors? Listen, I paid. <laughs> you kind of caught me off guard Genius. here, okay? Certainly. Well, if you'd like to come out here, I'd like to give you a chance to to oh. catch. She's been so polite too, and she knows she's got him. I love this. I love when she's caught him off guard because he's not standing in the stadium preaching to all these people that will just listen to whatever the fuck he has to say. She's got him, and it's amazing. And just get it. And he just he just ramps up. Catch your breath and and have a conversation. We don't want to we don't want to catch you off guard. I love Inside Edition. You got to get this now. Hey, you listen to me. My my wife thinks Inside Edition is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? My wife thinks inside edition. Oh, yeah. Who's your wife, the Kool-Aid man? Now, thank you, Lord. Help me. Just let me, let me pray. This well, thing. And now he's praying. And that's all I'm going to show of that first, first part because the guy's clearly a demon. Uh, but I'll prove it because this next bit is where he really pops off. And the this is scary to be seen. I'll just, I'll just let the, the video, even if you can't see it, you'll be able to hear it. It's scary. Again, getting back to the comment, you said that you don't like to fly commercial because you don't want to get into a tube with a bunch of demons. Do you really believe that human beings are demons? No, I do not. And don't you ever say I did. We I wrestle not. I don't know what's holding his eyes in his head right now because his eyes are popping. And he's got a blue, blue watch, blue suit. The guy, the guy looks pretty ballin', but he looks like a fucking villain and a banshee. With flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. Can and you explain what you meant by that, yes. that by that term? Then yes. just, just explain, because it's yes, really simple. You said you didn't want to get into a tube with a bunch of demons. What did you mean? The, well, let me ask you. Do you think that let people that fly commercial are demons? You give me a chance to talk, sweetheart. I'll explain it. And he called her sweetheart, but that bit back there where he popped off at her, this bit right to fly here. commercial because you don't want to get into a tube with a bunch of demons. Do you really believe that human beings are demons? Three, two, one, gonna pop off. No, I do not. And don't you ever say I did. We wrestle not. Oh, Jesus. He's, he, he goes so crazy, he makes me want to say Jesus Christ is the first thing that comes to mind. But he's a crazy man. And his eyes are popping. And I got the burps. I got the burps and I don't want to do it into the microphone and it's awkward. But yeah, that the story about the Archbishop buying the $6.5 million mansion just reminded me of this guy. And what a fucking psycho. Preacher Kenneth Copeland. And I'm pretty sure he's done some other... Um, I'm just Googling because I'm pretty sure he's just genuinely a piece of shit. And he's got all these pictures of him and his wife smiling and pointing and... I'll show some, oh my god, he, he's uh, blowing away the coronavirus through the TV, <laughs> that's what he did, he, there, was, there was a thing where he, he was blowing on the TV and saying, come close to your, to your television screens, and we'll, uh, I, I don't know, I don't know what he says, but he, he's blowing on the screen, if you get close enough, he'll blow the virus off you, so, and he's, I think he's also got a book that's pretty crazy too. Kenneth Copeland book. Kenneth Copeland. Uh, Six Steps to Excellence. The Power of the Tongue. Oh, baby. Kenneth, Cope, Kenneth Copeland getting his tongue, putting his tongue to work. 
or ten ten ton tongue putting it to work. Preaching. How's it imagine that these guys that become millionaires, multi-millionaires spewing nonsense. Kenneth Copeland, you are the prophet of your own life. Undermining Jesus, really? I thought Jesus was the prophet of my life. Hmm? The power of the tongue, at it again. Pursuit of his presence. He's just, it's like he's, he's re, all of his books are, sound like they're parodies of religious books. Like it's this kind of thing you sound like would be on South Park. He's, he's got a book called Your Right Standing, Your Right Standing with God or Healing Confessions or Welcome to His Family. Who are you in Christ? My God. Kenneth Copeland, you fucking piece of shit. Safe to say, piece of shit. Multiple private jets. In the name of God. So I had a bit of a weird day the other day on the internet. I noticed that uh, World War Three was trending. And scared the shit out of me. Because I always thought World War Three. I think what scared me the most was I thought World War Three was going to be America and China. Never thought it would be China and someone else. And then they're like, oh, by the way, India shares a border with China and they don't get along. I didn't even know India shared a border with China. So I learned two things on the same day. Scary. Uh, I just just always thought America would go to war with China or America would go to war with Russia, which has upset China and China would get involved or China would fight America or over Russia. And and I just thought Russia, America, China, that's where it's going down. Didn't even think about India. For some reason, didn't even think Indians had an army. I don't know why. They've got a billion people. But I didn't think about India fighting. I just never thought of them in a military sense. But there's a billion of them. So I guess guess they're going to have an army. But just... just, just, It just scares me to think, oh yeah, you know, know, who wins with a war between two populations of a billion. Nobody wins. We all lose. We're all losing India versus China. We're all losing. And that's that's a worrying thought. World's best cricketing nation fighting its world best gymnastics nation. Strap in. Hell of a hell of a contest. Um but I think it comes comes down to a little bit more than sports. But most of my life comes back to sports. Um, don't really know how to associate many other things. And look, look, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give my uneducated opinion. I don't know what's beeping. Something's beeping in the background on the computer, and it's shitting me. But I don't know what it is, and I've already started, so I'm not going to investigate any further. And am I happy about it? No. Am I bubbling? Yes. Um. Basically, it maybe it brought me back to something I thought the other day, and it might not be related to this this war scenario. But uh, I mentioned that uh, I think I mentioned on one of the earlier podcasts that Game of Thrones outlined the Game of Thrones was shit, but at the end, the right person, Bran, became the leader, which made a lot of sense. Pissed off a lot of people, but it made sense, and I think that's a demonstration of why we're all fucked, because we want real life to be like that too is because you know what we all get to vote and we all love carnage so if if I was like if I was treating my life like a TV show which I plan on it 
if I was treating my life like a TV show and I wanted to create the most carnage possible and the only way I could do that was by voting, you know who I'm going to vote for to be the president of America? Trump. I want that crazy shit. Might not be the logical one, but I'm going to vote for that crazy shit because I love entertainment factor. Game of Thrones has fucked us up. TV shows have fucked us up. All we want is chaos because we love chaos. And if we wanted peace and unity, we wouldn't vote for Trump. We'd vote for some boring fuck that's just good at doing shit. Like what? But but the fact of the matter is that if if anyone if any celebrity runs for president, they're just more likely to win. Like if 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 The Rock ran for president next, he is smashing it. The Rock runs for president, he wins. He gets elected. He's the president of the United States. He's got a finger on the button. He can send the nuke. He can pop that nuke off. The Rock president, Kevin Hart vice president, uh, someone else, whatever, the secretary of state, I don't know what any other ranks are, um, or if they're even called ranks, jobs. Um, but either way, it's silly. And, he's, and, and if there is a good, going back to Kenneth Copeland, if there is a God, is God running the planet like, like it's The Bachelor? Like, is God just sitting back going, it's been boring for too long. They keep inventing stuff and making their lives easier. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start a war, and I want China to be in that war. And who could China go to war with? Huh? who's right next door? India. India's got lots of people, could be crazy. And just World War Three, And it was trending on Twitter on the same day some other crazy shit happened. Um... World War Three was trending on Twitter. That caught my attention. And then below it, I saw Chris D'Elia. And I thought, oh, maybe he's done something entertaining or funny. He hadn't. Uh, he got Me Too'd. But I don't know. I, I don't know. I feel like being Me Too'd at the moment. Saying someone got Me Too'd kind of feels like they're, they're unfairly attacked. But it seems by the evidence that Chris D'Elia was attacked. Well, not attacked. He was shut down for good reason. Um... Basically, a whole batch of bunch of women came out and said that he's a predator. When he was, they were under eighteen. He was sending them messages and things. And there was a there was a common theme where he'd ask them to make out. And he'd ask them for photos, and oh, it's just creepy. Basically, as soon as I saw all the stuff, it looked it was creepy. And then he's one of those people. When you read that, and then you look at a picture of him, you go, mm, yeah, that makes sense. And then you find out that. He's he's done a lot of acting gigs, and in every acting gig, he's played a piece of shit. And he recently played it was in an acting uh, gig in a, in the TV show You, where he played a predator. And if he's playing a predator, and he is a predator, he's just method acting. So maybe that's his cover. Like his cover is method acting. Hey, why'd you kill some? Why'd you kill fifteen people? I'm a method actor method actor in training to be a serial killer oh right you are sir makes sense but the guy just played himself he basically he was on the show you as a predator he was just being himself and he's just it, it's just incredible to watch someone's career just end like just straight away just boom not that wasn't a bad click doing another one that was shit but his career just ended on the spot bang done that just blows me away how quick... I guess that's the power of the internet. You know, if you're a fucking piece of shit, it's going to come for you. You know what I'm glad about? 
I'm glad that my old MSN messenger history is gone for good. Because I'm sure there's some shit that could fucking come back. And that's the crazy stuff is when you get people who are getting getting torn down for their, their the things they were saying when they were 14, 15, 16 years old. That's crazy. He was doing this stuff when he was 30, chasing after 16, 17-year-olds. He knew better at the time. But my MSN history, people, I'd get me too just for the amount of nudges I sent. They'd be like, this guy's a fucking psychopath. He sent way too many nudges. Or he had way too many conversations where he started talking and just kept typing until the person responded. That was a heavy theme of mine. I'd just start typing. If you're not there, I don't care. I'm typing. I thought of a um I thought of a guy I used to work with today, and it sort of ties in with the accidental bully theme a little bit. Um because I guess we did bully him, but as it turns out he was a piece of shit, so I don't feel bad about it. Is um this was a guy I used to work with called Sean, and we called him Dunkel. Uh, for, for not the nicest reasons, we called him Dunkel. Basically, we called him Dunkel because he was a, from a place called Invercargill in New Zealand. And we thought that was a really inbred place. It sounds pretty inbred, Invercargill. So we assumed that his kids wouldn't know whether to call him dad or uncle, so they'd call him Dunkel. And that name just stuck. Day one, well, not day one, but early in the stage, someone called him Dunkel and that was it. He was Dunkel from then on. And it was just a bit of a weird cat. He bit of a, had a bit of a funny walk thing. He had a problem with his hip. So he kind of limped and dragged one of his legs. Uh, as it turned out, he wasn't as bad as it seemed. He just put it on a lot. Like if he was with a customer trying to sell a car, he'd be limping. He had that sales limp. He'd put on the limp so he could sell more cars. He'd get the sympathy, sympathy sell. And talking to that, I actually knew a salesman once um, who had a bit of a funny had a bit of a funny hand, and he'd hold a pen. And when it came to time for the customer to sign the paperwork, he'd drop he'd he'd, he'd drop the pen out of his hand and it'd roll towards them. And and he and they'd pick it up, and he'd go, "Oh, you could just sign there," and he that was his clothes. He he he'd drop the pen with his gimpy hand, have them pick it up and sign, and then as soon as it was done, he was like. Let's go. Boom, boom. Hands are fine. Because salesmen are pieces of shit. Probably me included. Um, but back to Dunkel. Uh, show why he's a piece of shit. Because eventually then he changed dealerships. He went and worked somewhere else. And while he was there, he became a service advisor. All the service advisors out there, you're worse than car salesmen. Service advisors don't cop enough shit. Because they're selling expensive wiper blades to old ladies. All right? Service advisors, you're pieces of shit too. Don't put it all on us car salesmen. Um, but he became a service advisor while he was there. He just he just didn't show up to work one day, and um, basically, uh, his boss rang him. Um, his boss Luke, fucking top bloke. How you going, Luke? Um, his boss rang him and was like, "Mate, where are you? You meant to be at work." And he goes, "Oh, I'm in Sydney." He's like, "Oh, okay. What are you doing there? What are you doing in Sydney?" "Oh, I'm I'm going home." Back to New Zealand. Oh, wow, what, what's happened? A family emergency? No. No, I'm just leaving. Oh, when are you coming back? I'm not. Oh. Well, that's a bit... That's a bit shit. And that was the last they ever heard of him because when they got to work, when they, when they looked around work, he'd stole the petty cash tin, stolen cash, stole money from his roommates, from his mates. Total piece of shit. Dunkle, 
you're a dog. Um, but in before doing that, uh, sorry, after when I was thinking about him, I thought I'd Google Invercargill because I was really worried that I was going to bag out Invercargill and find out that, I don't know, just find out there was something I should have known about it. Uh, it turns out there was definitely something I should have known about it. Invercargill, the, the, you t- if you Google Invercargill, the main thing that comes up, and it's just multiple stories of the pool pooper saga. Now, in Invercargill, they have a... <laughs> I can't believe the name of this place. They have a place called Splash Palace. And Splash Palace is a, is a, a leisure center um, with a pool. And they, for, for a few nights in a row, over a six-week period, actually, they had a lot of nights where they'd find a poo in the pool and they couldn't figure out who the pool pooper was. And... Um, it just became this massive story in Invercargill and I can't believe that a place where someone was pooping in the pool was called Splash Palace. Like I don't know if, I don't know if you could if you could have a if you could have a better a better name for a pool to poop in. Like other than calling your pool the cistern, I don't know I don't know what else would be more enticing. And then they as the story goes down, um, they interview a guy and his name's uh, his name's Pete Thompson, which obviously is the most New Zealand name ever. Oh, Pete. Pete Thompson. Pete Thompson, eh? And uh, apparently at the same time someone was pooing in Splash Palace, there was a problem going on at Dunedin Swimming Pool where someone was also pooping in the pool. Uh, and Pete Thompson, comedian, said some sort of coordinated attack around the country perhaps. <laughs> uh, and it's just... This was someone pooped in the pool for five Friday evenings in a row, normally after 5 p.m. And they said the pool complex has cameras, but not high definition, high definition, but not but not high definition enough to pick up the red face of someone squinting as they, <laughs> but not high definition enough to to see someone pushing one out. I don't know what accent I'm doing. Um, but just the cameras aren't good enough to see someone pooping. Um, but neither club boss had any idea if the offender could be from their club or was instead a casual swimmer, while some believed a nervous kid may be pooing involuntarily. If you're involuntarily pooping in a school, in a, in a swimming pool called Splash Palace every Friday after 5pm, it's not involuntary. Oh, oh! Oops, did it again. Fifth Friday in a row. But the cameras aren't good enough to spot me pooping. <laughs> oh, well, just in for Cargill. Hey, Dunkle, you know what? You're a piece of shit. You stole from people that I know. Overall, you turned out to be a bit of a dog. But you led me to that story about in for Cargill and the pool pooper, so thanks so much. Thanks so much, Dunkle. Um, my, uh, my little girl had her cross country on Friday, just gone. And uh, it's one of those things. It's she had her cross country, and you know who is a cross country? China, very cross country. Um, <laughs> shit. Uh, but she, she in her cross country, she's in pre-primary. So it was one of those ones where there's there's no winners, there's no winners, only losers. Um, they all get a ribbon. There's no incentive to run fast, and yet they all do. Um, but to be honest, I just. I understand the whole don't get kids to don't, don't you don't want them to to fight to win you don't want them to 
to get upset if they can't win, if they're not far, as fast as the other kids. But also, teach them to try. Like, I get it, because technically, this is a running race. There's no winners, only losers. Technically, in that case, if there's no winner, the real loser is the kid that came in first. Like, if you put in all the effort and came in first, you're the, you know, you messed up. I would have been more proud of her if she just strolled. If she was just like, fuck it, I'm getting a ribbon anyway. If she just sat down halfway and was like, you know what, they'll bring the ribbon to me even if I don't finish. Just, it was, it was, it's 400 metres, no winners, no losers. They just went for a jog with an audience. They, they, you know, they don't even stretch beforehand. Nothing. I don't think five-year-olds have to stretch anyway, but either way. Everyone gets a ribbon. But in my mind, if you don't come first, you don't come home. <laughs> but everyone gets a ribbon. That whole everyone gets a ribbon. Fuck that. I would have been so proud of her if she'd just been like, nah. If she'd just been like, nah, I'm not doing it. I'm going to get a ribbon. If she just walked over to the, to the bench and just gone, give me my ribbon. I would have been so proud. If I'd have been like, where's... Where is she? She's not She's not running around. I look up the other side and she's already got her ribbon on. And she's just standing at the top of the podium just like, fuck yeah, bitches. And she's just, just hitting up gang signs on top of the fucking podium. Wish I had a kid to throw up gang signs. Um, I had to deal with Telstra a little bit this week. And I found a trick, found a hack for Telstra if you need to get in touch with Telstra. Uh, because at the moment with COVID... Telstra has decided it's a great opportunity to give the middle finger up to everyone that they deal with. If you need to get through to Telstra, simple solution, which I did. Pick up the call, wait, boom, 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 whatever buttons you have to push to get put through. When you get to the automated service that asks you who you want or what you need, say one word, fraud. Boom. I tried three or four times different things to get through, tried being truthful, tried doing all the right things, eventually said fraud. Boom put through my mate eugene came through eugene from south australia will not be listening to this but if somehow someday you listen to this eugene from south australia you help me out tons you're a fucking champion and i believe telstra's fraud team must be pretty solid yeah so there's a tip for your fraud Need need to talk to someone from telstra fraud team um this was pretty funny i was thinking about reviews because I thought of a story a guy told me about a, a really funny review, um, and it was someone that he someone that he knew came over from overseas, and he went to Kalgoorlie on a business thing, and he and he was a I think it was a Japanese guy, and he went to Kalgoorlie and went to one of the brothels in Kalgoorlie, the Red House, and he left a review, and he left one of the best reviews I've ever seen on this Red House, and the review was just hell, five stars. <laughs> on the on the google review and it made me wonder if what else people are reviewing and it turns out people review everything people i saw a review for the midland train station and it just said i don't feel safe here two stars no not even one star just i don't feel safe here two stars because i guess the facilities were were not bad someone else at the midland train line said probably get mugged (laughs) was their review um Woolworths in Alice Springs. I don't know what led me to Woolworths in Alice Springs, but their review was too many Indians, ignorant. I uh, don't know what 
Don't, and what's funny is underneath it, there's underneath it the two reviews below it are five star reviews clearly from Indians. <laughs> oh God! There's one for Optus Stadium. Someone said I got a Merry Christmas advertising from the stadium with a big no junk mail sign on my letterbox in Vic Park. <laughs> I've got no junk mail, and Optus Stadium obviously knew that from where they were, and they still sent me a letter. Listen, fuck off, whoever you are, local guide. Oh, and also Google, stop labeling people as local guides when they've given 31 reviews. I think I'm, a, I'm classified as a local guide, and I've done like five reviews. Uh, and then I meant to, I was looking up these reviews, and I said to, I said to Lauren, <laughs> which I said to her, I said, hey, um, if you look on the computer and you can see me Googling brothels, um, I'm just reading reviews. She's like, what are you reading... What are you reading reviews for? That doesn't make it better. And I was like, oh, oh, for the podcast. I'm reading reviews for the podcast. So um, clarity is everything. I saw this review of uh, Langtrees in Perth. A lady said, this was the first time my husband and I visited. I was nervous and unsure what to expect. The receptionist, Rochelle, was very helpful and could tell I was nervous. In brackets. She has a hot accent too. The ladies who work there are very attractive. Great fun. And I soon felt at ease. Can't fault the time we had. Felt like we were royalty. We will be back for sure. 20 out of 10, because that's a 10 for each of them. And you know what? Hunter Down might not be your real name. I rate that review. This is a cracker, though. Spearmint Rhino Gentleman's Club in Melbourne. Um, very reputable. And <laughs> the, the, the review that caught my eye here that made me laugh was, there were no rhinos whatsoever. And when I asked for some spearmints, I was told that they had run out. There was a lovely... Dance. There was a lovely dance show on at the time, though. Perhaps it was an OHS issue that was keeping the rhinos from being near the dancers. Thanks, Jay Stewart, for your solid review. But I reckon my favourite one is just Midland Train Station, I Don't Feel Safe Here, and Hell, five stars, The Red House, Brothel, Kalgoorlie. Um, pretty sure this podcast is just going to be a nice, short, and sweet one this week. Uh, Trying to figure out what format's going to work. Hopefully, everyone. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what. I don't really know what people are liking. But any feedback you can give me is very much appreciated. Uh, I'm having fun. It's it's still a weird thing to do, but I'm enjoying doing it. Anyone listening, thanks so much. Um, go and check out some other podcasts that are going on. I I I really like. I've been listening to this one. It's a it's pretty much a brand new one as well. It's called the Shivers Regal Writers Club. I think I got that right. It's Sean and Nathan. Really good podcast. Um, and it's it's just it's just finding its feet, but it's fun. Um, it's because it's brand new and it's the sort of thing it'd be nice. Uh, I think one day it'd be one of those ones where you go, hey, I got in the ground floor of this one. I've been listening from day one because it's just a fun format and everyone can get involved and it's got a lot of interaction and the guys are just doing a great job of it. So check that one out. Uh, the Shivers Regal Writers Club. Uh, what else have I got to talk about? Not a lot, really. I think that's about it. I'm only, only a short one this week. 30-something 30, 30 minutes. And um, we're in and out. We're up and down. We're round and round. Gackety gack. Don't look back. If you've made it this far, please go to my YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button. Like the videos you see. Watch everything. Say shit. Comment on stuff. Be mean. Be funny. Don't just comment below what I said and say the same thing that I said 
in the title of the video because people do that for some reason. Thanks for writing captions for me. You know who you are. Um, thanks everyone for listening. You're fucking champions. Rock and roll. Yeah, that's it. I'm Tori. Thanks a lot. Accident Bully Podcast, episode four. Cheers, guys. Bye.